You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Remember to rate, subscribe, and leave a five-star review with a recruiting question for our team of analysts for a chance to get it answered on an upcoming mailbag episode. If you want to know more about your favorite team or a specific recruit, remember to pop in with your question to add a five-star rating and we'll do our best to answer all your questions. We've got another loaded show for you today. We're about to check in with Brandon Huffman. He's the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports who was able to catch up with the nation's number one rated wide receiver, Egmeka Egbuka. So stay tuned for that conversation. Brian Doan will also join the show to give us all the latest on Greg Penn, a four-star linebacker from Maryland, as well as Jamon Dumas-Johnson, another four-star linebacker from the DNV, as both appear to be closing in on making their college decisions. Brian also shares all the latest info on one of the top junior college prospects in the country, four-star cornerback Kyrie Jackson, who is considering the likes of Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, and he's got Oklahoma and Oregon up there on his list as well. But before we get to that, let's begin with the kickoff. We've got a ton of great content over at 24-7 Sports, so if you haven't already, make sure to log on. Barton Simmons, for instance, had a very interesting look at some of the programs that sign elite quarterbacks in back-to-back classes. Uh, Barton dissected the hit rate for that second quarterback who typically goes into a situation knowing he'll have to compete, and and there is some very good data behind it and definitely worth a read. Andrew Ivins, who covers recruiting in the state of Florida, he also had a very good feature on why senior seasons will matter more than ever for recruits. Obviously, we're going through a pandemic that has limited the access for coaches to see recruits in person so the senior season is going to be at an all-time high in terms of importance and in terms of significance for a lot of these recruits that maybe don't have the attention that that they could have garnered during a, a normal spring evaluation period a normal camp circuit during the summer and obviously during the evaluations that go on in the off season so Andrew had a really good look at that the MLB, MLB draft is also this weekend. Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, he took a long look at one of the most unique two-sport two standouts in the 2021 class, Taiwan Malone. He's being compared to Frank Thomas on the baseball field, but he's also a top 100 recruit in football in the 24-7 sports composite for the 2021 class. And we've also got a lot more content coming in the next week. We've got an updated look at the top 24-7 for the 2021 class where the team of analysts did a deep dive on the offensive side of the ball, uh, given the, the the comparing of film and uh, some of the limited, if not uh, very important showcases and events that we've been able to attend in recent weeks. We are now going to send it over to national recruiting editor of 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman, who has a conversation with five-star wide receiver Emeka Ekbuka. Ekbuka is a top 10 prospect nationally and the number one rated wide receiver for the 2021 class. And he breaks down his interests in his four finalists, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and hometown Washington. 
and he gives us a, an inside look at, at perhaps a time frame for making a decision. All right, so you've got your final four. Mm-hmm. You know, just talk kind of in depth about each one, you know, starting with Clemson. Cool, so uh, Clemson, um, I, when I visited there, um, I, was, I was pretty wowed by the campus and just, uh, you know, the atmosphere around there. It's like a, a small town type of community. Everyone knows each other, super genuine people, kind of like the place I'm from. And, um, you know, they always do a great job of developing not only wide receivers, but players and young men. And, um, you know, I'm really big on my faith and they do a great job of, of uh, you know, keeping close to God there. So that's why they made my top four. Um, what's the receivers coach recruiting you now? Uh, Tyler Grisham. How, how you like him? Uh, I like him. I've, I've was able to hop on a, a Zoom call with him and a couple times, and you know, staying connected through phone calls and stuff. Um, haven't haven't really gotten a chance to talk film with him or ball with him really yet. So still filling him out a little bit, but he seems like a really good, God fearing uh, coach. You talk to Dabo a lot too. No, oh, I don't. Just mostly yeah. Grisham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we'll just go alphabetically. So then Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about them. Uh, so Ohio. State say obviously I have a great uh, relationship with the whole coaching staff um, especially coach Hartline been there uh, you know a handful of times and uh, they do a great job of developing receivers and um, you know they're just on a roll right now as far as you know football and um, you know recruiting and stuff like that so did um, you visited them twice so far Mm, twice yeah so like last spring and in summer? So I visited them March of last year. Okay. And then um, during the season this year. Okay. Did you go to a game? Yeah, I went to the Wisconsin game. Got it. Okay. How do you like Coach Day? Uh, I love Coach Day. He's a, he's a really good guy. Um, offensive type mindset, you know, aggressive style of play, um, which I'm, I'm very fond of, you know, airing out the ball and getting a lot of receivers in the mix, even though they're, you know, they're deep at receiver there, but. Um, you know, the role that they want me to play is uh, something they don't really have a receiver for. Okay. Oklahoma. Uh, so Oklahoma, uh, they've been in a role recruiting um, as well. And I um, uh, love the coaching staff. Coach Simmons, the receiver coach. Coach Riley, talk with him a lot. And, uh, you know, they also do a great job of ve- developing receivers. And, um, you know, they're on a role recruiting. It'd be really big for them if they could get Caleb Williams, which um, I, have a, I have a good feeling they'll be able to secure him. And, you know, having someone at the quarterback position like Caleb is just a game changer. So, um, You mentioned Coach Simmons. Obviously, he had some ties out here when he was at Wazoo. Mm-hmm. Did he recruit you at all when he was at Washington State, or uh, he already gone by then? He did not. Okay. He, yeah, he was gone. Um, how do you like Coach Riley? I love Coach Riley. He's a he's a he's just a great guy, really genuine, and uh, you know you could tell that just from you know ever talking with him. Mm-hmm. All right, then lastly, Washington. Uh, so Washington, hometown school, obviously, uh, lots of faith in the receiver coach, Coach Adams. He's done a great job with uh, with his guys so far. Uh, coach Lake, great relationship with him, and um, even though he's a defensive uh, guy, I trust him. What he's going to do with the offense, make us more, make uh, Washington more air raid and stuff like that. So. Um, really tight with the coaching staff and obviously Sam's going there um, and just being able to play in front of my friends and family. Who's a better recruiter, Sam Hewitt or Caleb Williams? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Sam probably is on me more, but... Um, I guess Caleb hasn't committed yet, so right. technically Sam's at least got a school to recruit Right, team. right. But, um, you know, I am pretty close with Caleb, so... Mm-hmm. With, uh, you know, those four, you've got obviously three teams that are just lighting the scoreboard up offensively. Mm-hmm. And... The receiver development is just uncanny. Mm-hmm. But with Washington, you've got a new offensive coordinator. There's still a lot of uncertainty what kind of offense he's running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does that kind of speak to the testament of your relationship with Coach Adams that 
you're still considering them, even though you probably know the least about their offense? It does It does speak a little bit about Coach Adams and how much trust I have in him, but also I'm excited to see what they're going to do this season with Coach Donovan. I was able to sit down on a Zoom call with him and watch film, and um, you know, I was really impressed with uh, what I saw, and he's a, he's a great guy, real genuine, so it's going to be exciting to see what they can do this year. Does there ever come a time where you sit there and you're like, dude, I'm a kid from Stillicum, Washington, right. little town in nowhere, you got three teams that literally are offensive universities like, right. like you do and the hometown school. I mean, could you have ever envisioned this a few years ago when you got your first offer that this would be what your recruitment would look like? Um, so it was it was something a few years ago that I was worried about uh, before my first offer. And it was just like, am I going to get enough exposure at Silicon? And, um, you know, I was able to do a lot through, through air. Um, ended up getting Pylon Dream Team my freshman year, and that was when a week later, my first offer rolled in. So that's four just, state, right? Yeah. So just uh, getting on a national platform early was really big for me. But you know, being from Silicon and and getting highly recruited like this, it's a uh, it's probably the the thing I love the most about the recruitment process. Just um, you know, hard work and you know, dedication pays off. And you know, I've I've done so much to get where I am today. And um, you know, I'm I'm really grateful. And it's uh it's just exciting to see. You know, you're number one receiver in the country, all American, everything. You took your school to the first state championship ever, but you came up short. I mean, do you kind of feel like it's good that you still have that one golden carrot dangling that you don't have right. to keep that drive and to keep that edge and keep that motivation? Uh, no, I actually don't think so. I'm pretty pissed about it. And um, that's myself, what I mean. Like you're you're yeah. glad that it's you're pissed, but at the same time, yeah. you're not. You haven't done everything you want to right. do yet. I'm the I'm the type of person that at the end of the day, even if I won that state championship. I'd be just as hungry for another one this year. But, you know, it's it's definitely something I'm hunting for, and me and my team aren't going to stop until we get it. So um, just just working every day, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to get that ring this year. Two more questions. You know, the first one is, what's your time frame for visits? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously a lot's still up in the air, but will you, do you think if they open up campuses in August, you'll take them, or will you just wait till the season at this point? Yeah, that's what we're looking looking for. Um, it'd be it'd be super huge for me if they opened August instead of keeping it dead. Um, if they open August, I would probably take all of my officials every weekend. So that would be really huge for me. If we're in the season, it's going to be really hard, and it might you know end up dictating my decision. Okay. And then uh, lastly, when do you plan to announce your decision? Um, whenever. Um, I don't really have a date for announcing my decision. Um, I don't. I don't think I want to go all the way into January at like the All American Bowl or something like that. Probably a little earlier, um, but just whenever it, my decision is probably going to be made after my officials are taken. So you'll sign in December then. Um, yes. Are you? Gradu- I think I've asked this. Before. You're graduating early. Right? Yeah, I am. Okay. Are you still going to play in volleyball, or does it all depend on where you go? Um, I think it depends on, on on where you go and if they let you. But um, my plan still to play in the volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is more just curiosity is baseball still an option in college or are you kind um, of done with that road so it's it, it it is still an option i was able to talk to the washington baseball coach a couple of days ago and he told me that you know jalen mcmillan is gonna play baseball and um so or i think he's gonna play baseball ever since jt got that hoop offer it's time for yeah. you to start getting yourself <laughs> yeah. your other offer yeah for sure so um it's it's definitely something i'm still looking looking at and you know i've had a lot of schools telling me that i'd be able to do both so um still something I'm going to be able to probably talk over with my family after my decision is made. Height and weight right now is? Uh, 6'1", 195. What's kind of the goal weight? So 
that was Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Alongside five-star wide receiver Emeka Egbuka, you can follow Brandon at Brandon Huffman. We're going to dial up national recruiting analyst Brian Doan after a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Now we're going to go out east and catch up with our guy, Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan 247 He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You? I, I hope you're getting out and seeing some kids now. Yeah. No, it's it's been interesting, right? Uh, earlier in the week, we we touched on the fact that I went out to an event. There's uh, The ball is rolling on, on a couple other showcases uh, out here on, on the West Coast. How are things on the East Coast? We were talking off air about how, obviously, the, the epicenter of this pandemic at one point was the Northeast and, and that part of the region. How do you see things shaking out in terms of off-season camps, showcases, events, when players can kind of get together again and start working out? You know, I think in the Northeast, um, now I'm based in New Jersey. My territory is Virginia up through New England. Uh, I'll be surprised if there's events this summer. Um, Here in New Jersey, where I live, the governor on, uh, let's see, Tuesday said, you can now have gatherings of up to 50 people. And inside, if, if it's inside, they put other restrictions on it as far as percentage of uh, capacity and it cannot exceed 50. Uh, it's still going to be a bit of time. I know a lot of colleges, kids are going back to campuses and everything and starting to work out. That has not happened with Rutgers yet. Uh, I, I still think it's going to be a little bit of time, even when you look down in Maryland and DC or, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you know, in Pennsylvania, you're up in New England. It's still going to be a slow go. And I think I, I'll be surprised if there's any camps or seven on sevens of you know that are substantial this summer now the the response has been interesting because and i'm sure you're aware of how this went down but i don't know if you saw but penn state sent out essentially a a to-do list right or or kind of a, a checklist for recruits to be able to film themselves maybe going through a combine workout how do you think that is gonna shake out for a school like penn state or for other schools that hope to do that yeah, I think everybody's been doing that here. I mean, I know Boston College was offering some linemen based on some workout drills and, and some of the bend that they were showing. Uh, Tristan Bounds, who's an offensive tackle who plays in Connecticut, who committed to Michigan, and we spoke about that last time I was on with you. Uh, he, he filmed a workout video and sent it around and included, you know, that's one of the reasons Notre Dame wound up offering them late in the process. And so kids are being smart, they're being creative, you know, they'll stand next to a 
somebody tape measuring them, see how tall they are, stand on a scale, record their weight, and then they'll send their workout videos. I, I just got a kid who's going to go to IMG Academy, uh, Jake Renda. He's from New Jersey, played quarterback. He's a tight end, just picked up an offer from Boston College. And he played quarterback, wanted to get out on the camp circuit and show himself as a tight end. So instead, filmed himself doing some blocking drills, agility drills, running some routes, and he's using that to send to schools. So kids are being creative, and, and I applaud them for it. Yeah, and the showcase that I went out to, they did all the combine testing that you would see typically at the NFL draft combine. Uh, all the reps were being filmed. Everything was being streamed online through various social media platforms. So, yeah, not only are, are recruits and parents and 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 coaches and trainers being extra creative now, given the fact that there is no in-person evaluations from a college standpoint, but now colleges are, are taking their own, uh, I guess, maybe measurements in terms of being proactive and getting out a, a to-do list for some of these recruits. So it's very interesting. And, and obviously everyone is adjusting to the circumstances and, and it's, it's kind of a, a go around for everyone, right? It, we're in uncharted territories. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things where everyone's trying to get a feel for how things are going to shake out over the next few months. Yeah, without question. And it's interesting because obviously I'm in the Northeast, which is one of the hardest pit hit areas in the country. And so our experience here on what we're going through is much different than what they're going through in Texas or Southern California or Seattle or the Midwest or, or wherever. So it's different everywhere. And, and like I said, this was one of the hardest hit areas in the country. Right. We're joined by Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan 247. Let's go inside the crystal ball, Brian. This is probably your favorite thing, uh, maybe aside from Greg Berhalter, right? Um, <laughs> let's, let's go. Very let's, well done. <laughs> let's go. Let's go inside the crystal ball. You put in a massive pick earlier this week for Greg Penn III, a four star linebacker from DeMatha Catholic in Hyattsville, Maryland. He's, he's got Bama, LSU, Maryland, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas A&M high on his recruiting list, but you like the Terps. I do like the Terps, and there's a few reasons. Maryland has made him a priority for a long time. You know, it's funny how recruiting goes because he's saying, you know, since eighth grade, Maryland's made him a priority, and that's true. That is 100% true. Now, that was another coaching staff and everything, so, uh, you know, it, it's different from that regard, but his former coach, Elijah Brooks, is on staff at Maryland. DeMatha, and I kid you not, is five minutes from Maryland's football facilities. I mean, it's literally right down the road. Um, they've done a really good job of attracting guys from that area. The, the you know they call it the DMV with with DC, you know Maryland, Virginia, kind of a deal. Northern Virginia and the, the southern part of Maryland toward DC. Um, and yeah, I mean he fits in well there. They've recruited him harder than any other school has recruited him. The need is there. Uh, one thing about that part of the country, the DMV. Those recruits are really tight, class in and class out. You know, they, they're really tight. A lot of them play youth football together, and then they go their separate ways in high school, but they remain together. And I just remember sitting at events, and you'd have like 15 of the or 20 of the top players in the area hanging out with each other. And when you're talking about 15 to 20 players, you're talking about kids that are four and five star players and they would all just hang out at events together. It's a very tight 
group. And, and I think Mike Loxley's done a great job of tapping into that in the 21 class. And, and I think it continues with Greg Penn, who's supposed to decide, you know, July, August kind of a deal. Um, I, I, I think Maryland's in the best spot. I feel really good about the pick with them and, and, Hopefully people write about that on, you know, inside Maryland sports and all. But for me, it, it makes sense for him to go to that school and they've done a great job with them. Yeah. For all the VIP scoop, make sure to check out 24-7 Sports. Uh, with Greg Penn specifically, a top 200 prospect in the 24-7 Sports composite, a top 10 inside linebacker prospect around 6'1", 225, uh, and, and looks like the Terps are in a good spot there. They rank number five right now in the Big Ten, and they have a, fifth, a top 15 class nationally. <laughs> What's the staying power, you think, for Maryland in this 2021 group? I think, first of all, like I said, they've really connected well with Loxie, and you got a couple guys early on that bought in, but it all goes back to 2020 and Rakim Jared. Pretty much everybody thought he was going to go to LSU or maybe flip to Bama, and he winds up flipping to Maryland on signing day. And he's a kid that, look, he's one of the best receivers in the country in the 20 class, and he's a local kid who played it at Washington, D.C., St. John's. And kids followed him and he said look at follow me there I'll be the first guy and he was tight with with a couple others and then Damian Robinson a defensive end a big time defensive end out of Quince Orchard in Gaithersburg Maryland hopped on Tajay Johnson Rakim Jared's teammate is a big time four-star defensive tackle he got in and it just kind of snowballed and they all worked together and listen we've always known Mike Loxley can be a great recruiter that's never been the question. And so I think you're seeing a lot of that right now. And now he just has to, you know, prove that at the Big Ten level he can win. And, and I know, you know, when he was out in New Mexico, hard place to win. So this is one of those deals where you really want to see it all come together for him because I think it would be a lot of fun for Maryland to do well with local kids. I think that would be fun for, for the Big Ten also. Let's stay in the state of Maryland and talk about four-star outside linebacker Jamon Dumas-Johnson. He's another top 24-7 prospect, another top 10 prospect in the state of Maryland from St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. He's down to a top five of Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee, and Maryland's in there. What, what's your temperature on, on the current state of, uh, of this battle, which seems to be winding down and is entering into the final weeks as well? Yeah, he's going to decide July 8th. And, you know, I think Maryland has momentum in this one. Three of his teammates are already committed there in the class. Another one in the 20 class wound up signing with Maryland. And so there's some momentum there. But the flip side is, is Maryland going to have room for him? And that's a big discussion right now. You know, the, the they've done such a good job of recruiting and they have a lot of numbers that are they going to have room for him? And I, I think the major battle is with Florida right now and, and he visited Florida one of his teammates CJ Burton a cornerback is committed to Florida and there seems to be a fit there but then I keep hearing Georgia and Auburn George I was told don't sleep on Georgia that Georgia's done a really good job behind the scenes the staff came up to his school twice in the winter and checked in and, and that's no easy thing to do now St. Francis has a ton of uh, players and so you're always going to check in and see what's going on there but they came up they made sure to say hey we're interested in Jamon so 
I would not be surprised if he picked Georgia right now. And Auburn, they offered, you know, they came in a little later than the other schools, but I kind of get the idea that he's really intrigued by Auburn. And if he could get down and visit Auburn, I think that could really boost where they sit in the in the sweepstakes for him. But if I'm sitting here handicapping it right now, Blair, um, Maryland's a little bit of an unknown. I know he likes Florida a lot, and I know he likes Georgia a lot. And I think right now those are the three to focus on. But we have a month before his decision, and I will not rule out Auburn. Tennessee is a little different. He has a, a, two teammates committed there in his class, one com- one signed in the 20 class. There's familiarity there, but I have not heard him linked with Tennessee a ton. But like I said, when I spoke to somebody really close to the situation, you know, Georgia, Florida came up. I was told don't sleep on Auburn and don't sleep on Maryland. It's interesting, right? When when Maryland maybe doesn't have room for a top twenty four seven prospect, that kind of tells you the state of their recruiting right now and and how well things are going for them. Uh, so that's Jamon Dumas Johnson and another player that was originally from the state of Maryland, playing now junior college ball cornerback Kyrie Jackson. He's down to a final six. Bama, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, Oklahoma, and Oregon. So he's got some SEC flavor there. He's got obviously the the Big 12 champ and the Pac-12 champ. So this is a player that potentially, you know, as a junior college prospect, had has the the physical tools to be able to contribute from day one. And you can see why so many of these top programs are, are after his signature. Yeah, and, and he's an interesting kid because he only played as a freshman and a senior. He makes no bones about it. You know, he went to JUCO because he didn't take care of business like he should have in the classroom. He has said that publicly. I usually don't like to talk a lot about kids and academics, but if he's going to say it, okay, I'll, I'll just say what he's been saying. But like Dumas Johnson with Kyrie Jackson, I have not put in a crystal ball pick yet, and it's because I don't feel comfortable yet knowing – which team may be in the lead or where things go. I know with Jackson, you look at like an Oklahoma or an Alabama. Those are two programs I keep hearing a lot about with him. I know when Alabama offered, it did not take long for him to all of a sudden set that July 11th announcement date. And I know it was a program that he really wanted to get an offer from. I mean, listen, if you're a defensive back and you have a chance to go play for Nick Saban and you're from that part of, you know, the, the Northeast that always resonates with kids. They, they, they really look forward to stuff like that. Yeah. And especially at the, at the junior college ranks, right. Where it's a player who, uh, you know, theoretically is looking to go to a place where he knows he's going to see the field. So with, with an Alabama, you always wonder, Oh, how much playing time is there going to be for me? You know, their depth charts, super stacked. They, they bring in top recruit after top recruit. Um, but when a junior college prospect is being courted and being pursued as aggressively as he is by an Alabama, then that speaks volumes to, you know, wh- where they see him fitting in. Yeah, without question. You look at you look at Jackson and two things about that, that that are right on. When you're a JUCO kid, you're not sitting there going, hmm, let me go somewhere where I can sit for a year or two and learn and then go. It's now. Let's go. We yeah, got to get on the field Development is out the window. No, because they, they, yes, they're thinking about their future and now this is their shot at the NFL. And then the other thing you brought up, and, and I, I'm glad you brought it up because this is something I always say. When you're Alabama, you're not recruiting kids that are afraid of competition. So when you're getting that kid out of high school and you say, well, why is he going there? Because they already have four guys at whatever position ahead of him. 
that's not how these guys think. That's not what makes them elite. What makes them elite is saying, hey, I don't care how good those guys are. I'm better and I'm going to go win the job. And so I, I always cringe when people are like, oh, there's too much competition. I have too much stuff. No, these kids all think they're going there and they're going to be the best player. And that's what makes these kids the best players. I agree 100%. That, that's the mentality that they have, and that's how they got to where they are in terms of the rankings and how touted they are and, and how many schools are looking at them. So uh, that, that's going to be an interesting battle because, you know, you touched on it there. That he's got a, a flavor from kind of each corner of the country. It, it does seem like right now the Tide hold a, a nice little favorable position, uh, but there's about a month to go until he makes an announcement. He has set a July 11th commitment date. Yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting, right? It will, and I think you know Florida did a really good job with a virtual tour with him, so he has some intrigue there. Oregon was a school that you know he he had said was a dream school growing up. Now it's on the other side of the country, not having to get there makes that a little more difficult. Now he goes to junior college, so he knows what it's like to live away from home, and so I understand that aspect of it too. Uh, Kentucky, they've been in contact a lot. And South Carolina also has done a good job to stay involved with him. But as I hear things, it's it's Oklahoma, Alabama. And then you also hear a lot about Florida with his recruitment. Always good to catch up with you, Brian Doan. Uh, and, and, and amazing information as always. Hey, appreciate you having me on as always, Blair. All right. That is Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan247. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports, also doubles as our U.S. men's national team correspondent. So with that, for Brian Doan and for Brandon Huffman, you can follow me at Angulo. Again, thanks so much for tuning in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show, and have a great weekend, everyone. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.